The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. Mike Younger is here with the trio. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? How you doing, Rick? Thanks for coming down. I know you've had a busy day today. Yeah, we played at Hernando's earlier from 3 to 6. It yeah. Was a fantastic, beautiful, sunny day to play on their patio. The brand new patio out yeah, there. It's great. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Well, we're glad that you uh, are taking some time to, you know, come spend your evening here with us. And Well, we were, uh, you know, on the way. We, we, we this is the last stop before we head home. We played in uh, Murray, Kentucky, uh, home of Murray State and yeah. on uh, on Friday night and then we were in St. Louis last night. Yeah. And uh, so we're happy to be here in Memphis tonight, and we're on our way home from here. Nashville is home for you, is that right? For, yeah, yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. How is it up there? Uh, you know, it's it's getting more crowded every day. Is and, it really? <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, people are starting to come. Life is starting to happen again. You know, uh, post COVID, I know that we're not out of the woods yet and everything, but there's. You know, some some of the clubs have really shown a lot of leadership in, in providing as safe a, an environment as they possibly can for their customers. And so, our business and our industry of you know uh, music and uh, all of the industries that go with that, you know, is is moving forward again. And I'm, 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 we've been very happy to get out and play some shows. I would imagine people. last year was pretty rough for you. Oh, you know, everybody was just chomping at the bit and holding records back and and uh, you know wanting to be out there, getting together and. And, and putting some positive love vibrations out in the air, but you know because of the public health situation, sure, that wasn't possible. So uh, yeah, everybody. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a happy time to be out on the road because people have been missing the music for sure. Yeah. So yeah, you've been out on the road as you mentioned. How did how did it go since you're headed home? Was it a good little run? Yeah, it was a fantastic little run. We got we made a lot of inroads in St. Louis to get back there, you know, and uh, made some new friends. Some great musicians came and joined us. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, up there, and so we're hoping to, you know, develop this little run, you know, where we can hit St. Louis and come through Memphis a couple times a year. You know, uh, oh, you're always welcome, dude. You know, yeah, we hope so. So, uh, do you have anything lined up in Nashville right now? Yeah, I'm singing on. Uh, uh, there's a there's a show that uh, celebrates the last waltz, the recording that the band did, and uh, um, my friend Alan Thompson uh, of. Uh, Lady Couch is putting that is putting that uh, uh, show together, and it's a bunch of guest singers, and I, I am one of many, and uh, very much looking forward to doing that at the Basement East on November sixth. Yeah, you worked with Levon Helm, didn't you? I did. I had I had the great, amazing fortune of uh, and and luck uh, to uh, have made a record here in Memphis back in 2001 with one of Memphis's finest Mr. Jim Dickinson uh, producing the record and he brought Levon in to, to play the drums on that. Wow. Yeah. As a young man, did you know what you were getting into? Or <laughs> I, mean, I mean, nobody knows what they're getting into, Natalie. <laughs> I mean, did you, did you know about those guys? I mean, how it unfolded rather uh, rather quickly as as events started to accelerate. But, uh, you know, I went to visit Jim here uh, bef- maybe two, three months before we started working on the record. And I was out, out there on their land in uh, North Mississippi. And uh, he had a, a record collection that was, you know, parts of it were all of his work, the things that he had done. And I was leafing through that, and it was like all of these amazingly influential albums that I had listened to from a very young age and I s- gradually 
came to realize that this man that I was getting to make a record with was had actually played a, 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 a strong and important role in my own development as a musician, you know, and uh, it was a, a tremendous honor to be there working with those guys, and, uh, you know, I learned... Who, you know, was, I, I wasn't conscious of who Spooner Oldham was going into that. I wasn't conscious of who David Hood was, but I knew their records that they had been playing on. And when I found out, you know, I mean, when I, it, it, it became revealed to me that David Hood had played on uh, Percy Sledge's When a Man Loves a Woman. And, wow. And uh, Slim Harpo's uh, rec early, you know, late records in the, in the 50s. And Spooner and him had both been on those early Aretha Franklin sessions and, and on and on like the the rap sheet that those guys carried between them was just uh, it, it, it was both thrilling and terrifying for me I, I <laughs> yes I was a, you know I was how, how old were you at that time you were in your 20s 2001 I would have been uh, 29 29 wow and I you know I mean I came up playing on, on the streets on street corners and in doorways and in city parks and subway platforms and any old place that I wouldn't get run off did it, did uh, I dream this up or did you have some connection with um, Roseanne Cash's husband yes well okay. as a matter of fact as the my time as a street musician came to an end I was uh, I had connected with a publisher had heard me play on, on, a, on a radio broadcast like this uh, and and he, and he got in touch with the station and I got signed up to a, my first publishing deal and, and started traveling to Nashville to record demos and stuff of my my original work and some of those demos ended up in the possession of Rodney Crowell and there you go I'm sorry board. I couldn't remember his name but yeah he came on board to produce my first record something in the air back in 2000 yeah. wow yeah so you, you got a chance to meet your heroes and it went well Yes, you know, the, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't go so well. Well, it was it was. Uh, there's quite a story, you know. I mean, I can say it went well from the standpoint of the the music that we were able to capture well, yeah. on tape was yeah. was uh, you know in, in, incredible. But you know, I was signed up to a record uh, deal out on, on in California, and four days into recording the music, we got a, a just a devastating call from out there that they had. They had hit a financial iceberg and were pulling in all their projects. And um, they pulled the plug on on the record that we were making. Oh no! And uh, sort of left it hanging and unresolved. And it was the most crushing and heartbreaking thing I can ever really describe to you. In so, words, what, so I, all that stuff just goes to waste then? Well, you know, I was, you know, it was it was a. It was a, just a mess, like the worst possible music business cluster. You can say whatever fuck, fuck you want. Yes. Yes, yes. So it, it played out like that, and, and, and for three years I had to fight to get myself out of that six record contract. That wow. I, had I could not move forward with my career. Yeah, because you couldn't do anything, even though the people that signed you had gone under. Correct. Wow. Uh, I had to fight to get that out of my, is that, that contract for a number of years, and the record was, uh, you know. Um, the musicians that played on it were not treated with with respect and, and, and admiration and, and, and you know valuation that I, that I you know the reverence that I felt for them you know I I was uh, completely in awe of all of the guys that were there and the record company uh, folding in, in mid you know on day four was beyond my control but uh, it, it, I knew that it reflected on me although the musicians there, Levon and Spooner and David all, 
you know, assured me that uh, they had been through situations like this and they knew that it wasn't my fault and it, it, it you know it, it was they had confidence it would be resolved and I, and I in turn you know did what I could to to uh, assure them that I wouldn't rest until it got resolved and I, I had no idea then that it would take me 17 years to get those that's states crazy but it, but it didn't stop you from writing and doing other things that was no I've, I've put out uh, a number of records over the years but it was just that material that you were trying to get back that material or those Masters, those recordings of me working with those guys that I've been listening to since I was a child. Wow. You know, I, I had to go on in life and in my career without that. Uh, having having, having done it, having yeah, done yeah. it, but it really having nothing but, you know, uh, an envelope th- full of black and whites that my friend Hunter, Tom, Hunter uh, Bryce took. He, he was there and at the session. And it's just that, really sad that... That was the only uh, souvenir that I had out of that session, you know, to, wow. re- to, to remind me that I, w- I, hadn't, I wasn't crazy. It actually it actually happened, and I had to, you know, move forward with my career and my music, and, and, and it was not easy, you know what I mean? Sure, I, sure. I had a lot of uh, a pain and, and, and a disappointment and a feeling of futility and, like, what, what was it all for, you know, and yeah. all of those things. That I went through, and there have been times, you know, I tried to walk away from music a number of times, you know, I mean, uh, with wow. a broken heart and a, you know, crushed spirit or whatever. Wow. But, you know, when you've done enough miles in your life, doing something to, to like, amputate that out of your life or cut it out of your life is so unnatural that you just end up wasting time and you you, you come back to it later on in, in, in yeah, life. Yeah, but and I never ultimately, really, ultimately, you know you cannot ever really do that. You know, I mean... Uh, I was trying my best to. I was trying my and I and I, like I said, I've I've put out a number of records since since that time and, and continue to pour my heart and soul in it and tour around the country and do the whole thing and as an independent artist, you know, and feed our industry with my dreams, uh, which all of us artists and, and musicians are doing. But you know, I what I was proceeding as a wounded man, and uh, you know, in 2017. Uh, I got word that Jack Holder had passed away and he was the owner of the studio that we had recorded in, in Sounds Unreal. And he's another uh, Memphis, uh, you know... Yes. The luminary. Music, yes. music mm-hmm. man of, of, mm. of uh, you know, deep history. Yes. And uh, by then, both Jim and Levon had passed uh, right. with my hopes that we would maybe one day be able to get together and listen down together uh, wow. the material. But when Jack died, I realized, you know, that that, that temperature-controlled and humidity-controlled chamber that they had, all their two-inch tapes were, you know, my stuff was probably in there, and this might be my last chance to find them and get them. And so I reached out to another of your Memphis uh, uh, incredibly talented uh, musical luminaries, Don Hopkins, and and Don Hopkins remembered the session because she was she had been there and working with Jack at the time. Really, and and I, I started out by saying, "You, uh, Miss Hopkins, you, you probably don't remember me. I recorded at Jack's studio back in 2001 with Levon and Spooner and Jim Dickinson." And she said, "There was this long pause, you know, and uh, like of disbelief, I think." And and she said, "Of course, I remember those sessions. I know exactly where your tapes are." Wow. Oh wow. And uh, thank you, Don. If you if you hear this, uh, it was quite a girl power sound engineer. Yes, for me in my yeah. Uh, when they tell you, I know exactly where it is that the stuff is you're looking for. You go, oh, yeah. oh, oh my God, yes. 
and and you know with luther's with luther's help uh, I, I was soon on my way down here to collect those masters and uh, i'm sure mary dickinson was happy as well yeah i've been in touch with her mm-hmm. over the last year uh, and i have the blessings of everybody involved you know yeah. because of the way i was able to handle it over the last few years and, and take care of take care of uh, the unresolved business and make everybody involved and their, their families their surviving family members understand and feel the deep respect and you know uh, regret that i have about the, the way that it went down and my you know deepest wishes to make amends make the whole situation but right. it was but it was beyond your control it was it was but you know it's human to put yourself in the middle of the picture. To fill the guilt, yeah. yeah. So what's uh, where? What's the condition of all of this now? What, what what happened to this music? Where's it at? Well, when I got it back, when I got those tapes back in 2017, I brought them back to Nashville, and uh, my friend Ray Kennedy uh, transferred them to digital, and then my soul brother Chad Brown, uh, who's a sound engineer who had a hand in producing my last record, uh, Little Folks Like You and Me, he he stepped up and, and said, you know, we, there's an, a, a mountain of work to be done to uh, to prepare this, to, uh, you know, finish, fulfill the vision that you and Jim had discussed, which uh, was horns and background vocals. And I love the background some, vocals on this. And yeah, s- and so I had a I had an ally who, who who had access to the studio, and I started, you know, analyzing the material. And there was a couple of the tunes that I felt uh, were, you know, could be could be better songs. The tracks were were so lovely that I wanted the the, the songs themselves to rise to that level. And I took the artistic license. I felt I had waited waited seventeen years and. Uh, for for two of the songs, I took I took the poetic and artistic license to say, you know, I'm going to step in here, and I rewrote them to sort of relate to the times, the current modern times that we're all collectively experiencing, you know. Uh, and in 2017 and 18, uh, you know, a couple of those tunes got rewritten, and once we had gotten that part of it out of the way, we started enlisting personnel and went. Uh, you know, drew from the community in Nashville that I have that has supported me in uh, in some of my endeavors in, in the past and, and longtime bandmates and uh, yeah and Bob Britt uh, whose support has been huge. He's a uh, Bob Dylan's guitar player and uh, there you know all of Luther Dickinson's guitar playing is straight off the floor. We never got a chance to do any overdubs, so there was some songs we had always meant to come back to and so uh you know i brought bob Britt into the picture to uh to play uh, some guitar you know in between his his runs with bob dylan and so you know i amazing in the end i i tried to like take uh lemons and make lemonade to quote a friend of mine a dear friend uh but it sounds like you did you know it was a long time coming it's a huge sense of triumph uh, finally f- completing the, the project and getting it out to the to the public it feels like to me like setting the record straight for me for myself and my own journey and my and 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 it helps me get over the hump to be able to like heal the the heartache that came with the project you know which was which mm-hmm. was you know 17 years of 
yeah. of you know feeling I had left a pound of flesh. Down so now here, it's a little bit of a celebration <laughs> too. So that's no, that's no, that's no, that's beautiful. Yeah, I'm so thrilled that you're here tonight and that we've got it and then we've got you guys here and I can't wait for everybody I, to hear you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, let's uh, let's hear some stuff. Let's let's uh, you you want you want to play a little bit? Sure. Uh, we could play something off the record, or we could play well, something off the record, or we could play some blues for your for yeah, whatever your you want to do, man. This is your time, man. This is yeah, what you guys want to do. Whatever you want to do, it's your show. As long Mike. as you don't play Mustang Sally, because <laughs> I'll run your ass out of here. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, is there enough room up there for me to get up there and it's dance? Rag time, Yeah, go for it, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
That's a good mix right there, too. That's uh, worked out pretty well on the air. I haven't, I haven't heard anybody saying it sucks, so there's that. <laughs> it's usually a rule we have oh, when you come in. over there. I can see it. Yeah, it's, it's like, hey, you guys, turn the sock knob. No. No, no, no. No, that's, no, that's good. Is this from the new record, the uh, Burning Down the Big Top, is it? The uh, Ragtime Angel is on Burning the Big Top Down, yes. I had it backwards. Burning the Big Top Down. Yes, yes. And uh, is that available now? Is it It's. Is it, it is. Out? Uh, you, yeah, it I be, bought it, it today, found. actually. It can be found wherever I am performing, as uh, well as uh, on my website and a bunch of, uh, what is that, uh, band, band camp and... Uh-huh. Um, Everywhere where music is all sold, the, all huh? the digital platforms and, yeah. and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm getting some Spotify, some kinks in my Spotify network worked out. But you know, stay tuned, people. The Spotify thing, my record has a, has an identity of it, its own on Spotify, and I'm trying to like Mike Younger, MikeYounger.com into the wheelhouse. MikeYounger.com slash on dash error dot. Is that? No, yep. that's a secret link only for radio people. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Never mind. You know, Never like it says, secret link. I, have, you, have you heard? Spotify is doing something different. Now they have this marquee thing where they're trying to, they're going to hold your audience hostage now. And if they want access to you, you got you have to pay them or something. Man, and it's know, like, what the I'm hell? Just, I'm just trying to figure out how to log into my email and take care of business. I hear you, brother. And, and I'm, trying, I'm doing the best that I can to wear 18 hats and handle social media and stuff as best it I can. Was so I got a little help with that, but, man, I get in over my head trying to figure that stuff he out. He was so sweet today on the patio. There was this little lady, not little old, but anyway, there was this lady that was um, requesting an eagle song. Oh, God. <laughs> She actually stuck around to tell us the, the most salacious tale afterwards. Did she? Yes. She enjoyed herself more than anybody out on that patio. <laughs> she was having fun, and yeah. on their way out, if you recall, she asked, uh, she asked if I could play Delbert McClinton's uh, Every Time I Throw the Dice. And I was oh. unable to fulfill that request. And on the way out, she told me that what? she had a she had a bra that Delbert had signed, and she said, and he signed the left one, and he signed the right one. And she said, and my granddaughter says, Grandma, you threw your bra up at him. And she said, no, darling, I didn't throw it. <laughs> she was still in it when he signed it. Yes. <laughs> and I just cut up. I mean, you know, uh, she was having a good time. That's that's awesome. Uh, before break, we got time for another tune here. What do you What do you think? What do you want to do? Sure. And then we'll get into the record stuff here in, in a do moment. Do another one off the record. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Which this one? Is, this is called Devils on the Rise. All right. This All is right. a song about the New Orleans ladies. Ready, fellas? Yeah. 
Mississippi Queen Do yourself a favor and heed what I tell ya
Mike Younger, ladies and gentlemen. Kicking ass in the studio. Radio Mike and the boys Memphis. are going to hang out with us uh, here yeah. for a while this evening. Uh, Mike, who are, these, who are these two other guys uh, that you found off the street? This is Ronnie Lee Gibson from Alabama right here. Hello, Ronnie. Nice. Nice. Hello. This is Mike Appleman, recently moved in, out here to Tennessee from California on the drums. Right on, Mike. Glad to have you aboard, man. <laughs> um, we will pause here. I want to uh, let's play a track off of the album here. Uh, I know you got some highlighted tracks. Uh, is there anything in specific you wanted to play off of that? Uh, like the first one on the list was "Together," unless you want to do that one live. I love the the recording of "Together," so go ahead and play that. Radio Memphis in the mornings with Rick Cheddar, weekday mornings at nine central on Radio Memphis.
It's Mike Younger from uh, Burning the Big Top Down. And together here on this Sunday night, it is uh, about 11 minutes past the hour. We're going to be hanging out with Mike for, uh, oh, for a while now, about a, you know, until about 10.30 or so. And then uh, send them on their way back to, uh, back to Nash Vegas. We were just talking about upstairs about how the, uh, uh, the, uh, the climate in Nashville is... Uh, Kind of similar to Memphis in a way with uh, everything. I mean, we've been growing like crazy. Apparently, so is Nashville. A lot of people moving there and just having a time. Well, I mean, you know, I've been on Bill Street recently, yeah. and I mean, it's wide open. Everybody's partying, having fun. I mean, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good thing. Um, yeah, we've seen here in the Memphis music community a lot of folks like yourself are moving in from various places just to be a part of the scene. Is that what took you to Nashville? Was to be to be closer to what was going on there? Or well, you know, I mean, like uh, like I was saying earlier, like uh, I, I was a street musician and played on a on a on a radio broadcast much like this one, and, and I was heard by a, a Nashville publisher who offered to fly me up there and and cut a bunch of demos, and that's how I ended up in Nashville, and uh, I ended up uh, I ended up uh, falling in with a tall drink of water. Uh, my gal Nicole and uh, hello Nicole and uh, she, hi girl she was a part of the back when we were just first starting to hang out together there was this this horse rescue uh, that happened uh, this slaughter farm out in rural Tennessee had uh, deteriorated into this just tragic situation where there were 10 11 carcasses in there with the in the in the in the pasture with with the living horses that were all skeletal oh that's all they had a pack of they had a pack of hungry starving dogs that were reverting to their primal nature to try and take down an old or young or weak horse and it and and it just snowballed and cascaded into this disaster where all you know and and of course you know the tennessee authorities were like well you know we can't do anything it was a private operation and and then finally, really? you know, all the people around them what? were complaining, and the, 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 the authorities in Cannon County finally had to step in and say, like, this is unacceptable here. You That's know? animal abuse. It's, yeah, cruelty. Yeah. They brought all those horses down to the fairgrounds in Nashville, and the ones that could be saved, because not all of them could, and not all of those dogs could be saved either, but the ones that they could save, they brought down to the Nashville fairgrounds, and they put the word out to equestrians in Nashville. To uh, They were looking for volunteers to nurse them back to health, and, and Nicole... Uh, she's been in love with horses since she was a young kid and, and, and was really missing that component in her life. And yeah, so yeah. she stepped in and, and, and began, you know, I mean, one of our horses came from there and, and he, he grew, they put a halter on him when he was a baby and he grew, he grew and his skull grew and, and, and the halter became embedded in his flesh and had to be, you know, pulled out and he has scars oh on God. his face from it. And they, they just came from this horrible... You know, but poor showing on the humans, you know, on the humans. Yeah, no kidding. That's just shitty. And, uh, but she and I, when she participated in that, she, of course, wanted to bring some of them home. And uh, And you have a farm, as I understand it. So we had to find a piece of, a small piece of land somewhere where we could, you know, support a couple of horses. And, and, And so we, uh, we jumped out of East Nashville, uh, when, we could see this influx, this massive influx of people coming, and we were, you know, we were connecting on this. You know, I was encouraging her to get back into horses because it was such a deep and meaningful part of her identity that she had given up when she was pursuing her career. 
And so we, we ended up going in on a piece of land together. And, and so when you ask how things are in Nashville, you know, like, I mean, we, we fared pretty well, you know, over the last year and a half. I mean, we were, we suffered the same collective isolation that everybody did, you know, but we had, you know, all these animals that we were interacting with every day, pigs and shit. It was a little and, easier for, and, for guys like you out well, there. Well, we had a little bit of elbow room, you know, yeah. and, and we, uh, we figured out over the last 10 years how to make our little five acres provide us with, you know, uh, most of the things that we need, you know. So. God bless both of you. That's beautiful. That. That's wonderful. Yes. That's what happens when you're, yes, you know, like what you have to wait 17 years for your record. You work out, you get out some other stuff done. So have you built <laughs> you a recording? life. You started working on a freaking old. Yeah. So you're building a recording studio on your farm? I've got a, I've got a, a just like top notch rehearsal room that I don't have the gear to, to really, you know, put together in top shelf recordings, but I, I'm connected enough in, in town that, you know, I have places to go. Good. Well, Christmas is coming, so maybe yeah, <laughs> I can get some studio time, Chad. Maybe, hey. maybe so. There is one. Hey, Chad. Hey, man. Hey, Chad. <laughs> we got a deal here, man. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, maybe he'll bring you a guitar. I've, I've seen you play like three different guitars today, and they're all pretty cool. Yeah. What's this, the one you got there now? This one is it. I mean, you know, it's an Epiphone Casino. It's a hollow body, and uh, it's relatively new. I got it uh, just sort of at the tail end of, uh, of our isolation. I, I thought I wanted to, like, give myself a treat for all that we had been through. And, uh, you know, I, I started out as an acoustic guitar player, uh, you know, accompanying myself, and then, you know, started playing a Telecaster, which is like a full transition to electric. And I kind of skipped over the arch top and hollow body models. And now, you know, I mean, there's a versatility in the hollow body and the arch top guitars because you can perform solo or with a band with them, you know, that it works in either. Uh, so I, I decided to, to get this casino model and uh, I haven't looked back. I've just been enjoying playing it. The only thing about it, you know, like when you get above the 12th fret, your hands get a little cramped in there with a the telecaster. There's a little bit extra room. There, yeah, it's a little, little snug in there, but that's all right. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful guitar. I love the flat black that uh, that it's done instead oh, of the yeah. gloss. Yeah, it's a good looking guitar. It's pretty sexy, yeah. Fa fantastic. Well, you want to play some more? Sure, sure. How about we play a, how about we, we play a little blues tune for your... For your blues listeners, your blues fans out there. Right on. Absolutely. Oh, you put the harmonica That's harness on. Rick. Yeah. Yes. I forgot to mention that Have earlier. you ever been tempted to, like, stick a sandwich in that thing instead of a harmonica while you're working? <laughs> Not a sandwich. <laughs> I didn't know he played harmonica until I got to Hernando's and saw him put that thing on, and I was just like... What? Yeah. Rick knows how much I have a thing She's for... She's got a thing for a harpist. She loves the mouth organ. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much. We'll be here all night. <laughs> it is a family show. <laughs> I know it's not. <laughs> no. no. If your kids are listening to this, yeah. No, so I, I, I got hip to Jimmy Reed early on because he was one of the, oh, yeah. him and Slim Harpo were, you know, two of the most visible blues guys that played harp in Iraq, like I do. And, uh, you know, this medieval torture device that suspends the harmonica yeah. in front of your face. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do one of Jimmy Reed's tunes here. Oh, cool. so right on. oh very yeah. cool. This is one that I always liked. I uh, played it back in the days when I played on the street and, you know... He tells a good long story about it to sort of diffuse some of the lines in it, but, uh, you know, we're just going to jump right in. This is called Ain't That Loving You, Baby. One, a two, a one, two, three, four. 
home to you. And I ain't that loving you, baby. And I ain't that loving you, baby. And I ain't that loving you, baby. But you don't even know my name. I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah that's rocking. So when, when did you discover Mr. Reed? Uh, it would have been right around after I, uh, I arrived in New Orleans, and that was in 93. Yeah. I had, uh, I had the great fortune of, of meeting some, some musical mentors down there that took an interest in cultivating my musical literacy and, you know, took me aside in the afternoons after, you know, it got too hot to play out in the square and make money. We'd go back and, and, and listen to records and get educated on the blues and the rhythm and blues records of the 50s and 60s and and uh, the ragtime stuff the piano you know UB Blake and Scott Joplin and oh, yeah. you know all of the gospel and soul music you know of the southeast but in particular you know New Orleans based stuff but I always saw Memphis and New Orleans as sister cities in a musical context I always felt like the, they, they were you know those two cities really you know 
maintained their cultural identity and heritage in this musical way that sort of echoed each other or mirror each other, you know. They broke out into a Ray Charles song on the patio earlier. Oh, man. Oh, we love Ray. We How were, could you not? I mean, I that's, we, you know. were, we were, me and Tracy and Jen were just like bouncing all up and down. <laughs> Having a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so when as you were coming up as a as a younger musician, what was the stuff you were listening to then? What? Uh, what? Well, you know, like most, you know, uh, youngsters, you get you get turned on to, to rock and roll with Led Zeppelin and, and Pink Floyd and the Who and you know some of the, the Rolling Stones, of course, and, and 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 some of the you know the the earliest you know uh, uh, super groups in in the rock and roll world and as you you know i was somebody who i, I had to have a book about led zeppelin and find out about them and pink floyd and whatever, hammer of you know, the gods the, was it did the you rolling read? stones and, and <laughs> i started digging into, into what they were listening to and bob dylan you can throw him in there too for sure sure as a songwriter he was a profound influence but you know when i reached a certain you know maybe 18 or something like that you know i got mississippi john hurt and i got john prine and then it was like the floodgates opened and I started like really digging into what what the modern guys of which I consider like the 60s and 70s guys were, were all yeah. and gals uh, you know that's like the modern era and what were those cats listening to and it goes back to like the 20s and the 30s and 40s and you know the deeper I got in you know and then here comes Hank Williams Sr. and you know Mississippi Fred McDowell and, and Helen Wolf and Muddy Waters and you know, wow. the pantheon right on, of, uh, right on. I'm right and, there with you. You know, that was my education yes. in New Orleans, playing on the street and listening to records and trying to soak up all of that, those influences, you know. I can hear it. I can hear a little bit of it. There's a, there's a mishmash of everything happening in your style. That's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. How about another tune before we pause? <clears throat> sure. Uh, let me think about that for a second. Well, that's all right. Take your time. I know you're not going to do an Eagles tune. No. <laughs> I'll walk out of this room if he does. That's a joke from earlier uh, at Hernando's. There was, yeah. a, there was a chick there that wanted no. him to do an Eagles tune. By the way, em- Emily's in the chat room. She's listening from Las Vegas. So, uh, she said hey, Ve- Emily. She said Vegas. So. What's up, dude? Right. Chick? Whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> tell you a story before we go into this tune. Uh-oh. <laughs> In Kentucky, we like played Ronnie, there the night before Ronnie. last. What's up, Ronnie? He's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> In Kentucky, we played there the night before last at, at, at Murray, uh, home of Murray State. And and we got there, and we were setting up, and Ronnie plugged his, his bass amp into the wall, and there was nothing. And, and, and you know, he's scrambling from one outlet to the other, like, it's got to be the outlet, man. This amp was working. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the outlets. And, you know, it flew into action, uh, started disassembling. And, and there was a private party. We were actually playing uh, an event, a 10-year ten, a uh, um, reunion, a high school reunion. And so they were setting the, the party around us and, you know, putting flowers on the table and, vase, you know, vases with flowers and, and, you know, making it nice for a party, you know. And Ronnie gets his amp up on the table and, and, and in about five or ten minutes he's got the thing taken apart into about 25 different pieces. And he he's got not. the circuit board out Ronnie. and he's looking at it and, you know, uh, he finds this broken wire there and he says, oh my, you know, look, that's the problem right there. I need to get I need to get a soldering gun. So we ask around for a soldering gun from the club, and nobody's got a soldering gun. So he's like, "Okay." He gets on his phone. He finds a place across town. 
this guy, a soldering gun that we can go get. And he hops in the van and he runs. And we're setting up the PA system and the drums and getting the guitars in place and everything. Ronnie's making a run across town to get a soldering iron. And he comes back and plugs it in. And the ladies are getting nervous now because, you know, the time's running out before they're expecting people. And, you know, we're using up one of their tables, you know, to do this electrical repair. And he... He, sure enough, I mean, he broke out the thing and he started soldering and, and, and the, you know, it was almost as if nobody had ever seen anybody soldering before, you know. <laughs> but, uh, in Performing short order, surgery in the room, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. In short order, and we were panicking that we were going to have a, a, a guitar drum band that night instead of guitar bass drums. Uh, you know, he He's got performing surgery he threw, over there. Slapped it back together and plugged it in and off we went. Right on. So we call him the Miracle Man now. Ronnie, there to go. go, boy. And now you got a, now you got a soldering iron that's going to go on the road with you. Yeah, they... uh, you know. So I made the same mistake Mike did. Mike didn't bring his laptop, which we needed for this. Oh. And for this performance, and uh, I normally have a little tackle box road case that I bring that has all my guitar repairing and amp repairing and etc. You know, even some drum stuff in there, some extra drum lugs. And sure, because you never know. It's <laughs> all there. But I was thinking, like, oh, it's three days. I brought the reliable amp. Like, I've got two bases. Mike's brought his extra Telecaster. There's nothing can go wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But stuff did go wrong yeah, today. Yeah, of course. And then, oh. you know, of it course, always happens. It too. <laughs> In addition, I've, I've encountered this issue before. Sure, in addition yeah, to being yeah. an on-the-spot on and under-pressure repairman, amplifier repairman, Ronnie is able to, he has this superhuman talent of being able to walk into whatever club we have on the books. And if their PA is a pile of equipment and bags <laughs> of stuff that's all mishmashed and tangled together and there's no, there's no reasonable, uh, no reasonable mind can, you know undertake putting it together and, and extracting good sound, you know, with monitors in front of house, etc. Ronnie is able, he has this superhuman ability to be able to go in there and figure it out and, and put it together. And I'm just stunned by it because I've, so many of shows that I've done in the past, you know, you get to some place and there, you know, there's a rat, rat's nest of wires and gear that, uh, every, you know, 10 million other bands have had their way yeah, with. Yeah. And now you've got to like put something together. And, uh, you know, I, some, in some of those gigs, I just plugged my uh, microphone into my guitar amp along with my guitar. I just did it like that. I just that. did it that way. Yeah. And, uh, because it's a, it's a, it's a big puzzle to solve. And this man has an ability to. You might want to keep him on the payroll then, I'm thinking. Well, I was really impressed because I'd never seen like a daytime band on the patio have like, you know, the smoke coming up, right? Oh, and they were, I, they were, they were barbecuing realized, some hams. And then I, that's right. Then I realized, like, really and truly, there was, like, a barbecue going on right behind you guys. Yeah, they were smoking a chicken, apparently, that's for chicken we shit bingo. That's why you wanted to stick around. I was like, oh, okay, that's what it is. This smells great. <laughs> Smelly vision. <laughs> so we're going to do a... Were you going to say something? Uh, did y'all try it though? No, we didn't. We didn't stick around. We were. We were on a schedule. They to get really. Over here. If yeah, they like fried okra, oh my God, Hernandez has the best fried okra ever. We we managed to get our stuff torn down and, and get, <laughs> get into the van uh, just in time to arrive 
to do the radio broadcast. <laughs> right. so we didn't get a chance to enjoy it. <laughs> so you're starving right now. Yeah. Right now, yeah. That's why I just keep drinking the beer so fast. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's what we call it, booze and blues. So we're going to do this, this tune from my last record. Uh, this is called Rodeo Queen. It goes like this here. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. She's long lean for rodeo queen, but she don't mean no harm. Talking about pistol packing, bullwhip cracking, angel from the farm. They say a man can't see as clear. Smoke gets in his eyes, but I just can't keep from loving her, no matter how I try. She rolled up right beside me, boys, and roped me with a glance. This whiskey chasing, barrel racing, creature of romance. I can't recall what made me fall, but much to my Texas swing there happening there, man. Woo! Little two-step action. Yeah. 
What, what a young couple does when they polish their belt buckles. That's what that's all about. If you know, if you know what I'm doing, if you know what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, you're from ways. Texas, you would know. Yes, exactly. Uh, I want to pause here, Mike, uh, and we'll be back. Uh, I was going to play a tune off of uh, off of the record here, and I, I was looking at Lord of the Fleas. Do we want to play that one? Please sure. play sure. that one. Yeah. Natalie mentioned that she likes that one. So that's one of yeah, my favorite. Yeah. 
Magnolia Rhodes has checked in. They said hello. All right. Hey, Magnolia Rhodes. That's your that's your record deal, isn't it? That's Emily Hansen. She's a hardworking lady out in Las Vegas who uh, has established a, a, a booking and touring uh, organization, and she takes care of a lot of uh, a lot of mid-level acts that are that are trying to get a little traction around the country. You know, well, she's works. in the chat. She's been enjoying the show from Vegas. So. Hey, Emily. Hey, Emily. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Just making sure you're doing your job. Yeah. Checking in. <laughs> Checking in, making sure everything is good. Now, we appreciate all of her hard work. We appreciate you guys stopping in here. Uh, Man, what a blast I've had down. all day with you guys, really. Always wanted I to hope you can come back soon to Memphis. Yeah. I really do. 
you know, I'd, I've always wanted to come down here in a spirit of celebration, and this, you know, this this trip has definitely been that for me. That's good. That's good. You, now you're ready to head back to the farm and go play with the horses for a minute. And yeah, I got some stalls to shovel. I got some posts to set, some cars to fix. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, Take a breath before the next run. So when is the next run? Well, things have thinned out. You know, uh, we're getting towards the holiday season, so we're, we're mm. sh- sort of shifting to spring bookings, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, in the cold weather months, you know, in January and February, we're going to... We're going to focus on you know, Georgia and, and Mississippi and Alabama and down into Florida and stay, stay where it's relatively warm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Move with the seasons. We've done the, uh, the opposite before and found ourselves in, you know, Wisconsin in January and thought, oh, oh my no, God. no, 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 no. <laughs> you know? that's, that's, oh, my that's God. Crazy. Yeah. I've been in Minnesota and Iowa and all that when, oh, shit. The dead of winter. It's awful. What the hell? Yeah, time, How did I get here? Just right to, to get up into some of the northern regions, that's for sure. Uh, you mentioned Florida. I love asking this. Have you ever played the villages? Uh, just north of there, uh, um, I played a festival in Punta Gorda and and have you know a, a significant fan base uh, over in the in the Tampa St. Pete area. That's generally where I where I play when I when I go. I, I got you. Cool. No, no, I asked because there's every band that's ever played the villages when they come back, they have wild tales to tell. Uh, I mean, they they throw down. They go, I mean, they, they go you know, crazy they there. They're like, if we don't get, if we don't, if we don't do it now, it might not get done. So we're gonna do it. And we're it, gonna do it in style. Per capita, <laughs> it is the highest rate of herpes, I think. And the, by the highest consumption of cannabis there. I mean, these these folks, man, they're throwing down, riding around in their golf carts and just getting busy. I had no idea. You know, it's good to know these things. Yeah. So if if you do play the villages, yeah, be careful. <laughs> You'd be trapped by a cougar somewhere over in the rec room, and uh, you know, God knows what'll happen. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Have you met Mike Appleman, our drummer? <laughs> Mike's excited. Let's go. Let's book the villages. God damn it. We're going to go. <laughs> well, how about uh, how about, uh, how about about some more? Let's play some more. Okay. If you guys yeah. are okay. oh, we, yeah. we got We got about a half hour with you, and there's no breaks between now cool. and then. So it's, oh, uh, and he's got the black and white now. So what songs? Did I don't remember. I don't know, dude. I, <laughs> um. What did I play? I played. Uh, I, do, do you I played Lord co- of the Fleas. Where, do you have a copy of the CD? Because there is a. I brought several copies. For you. Can I look at it? Because there's one that there's a song on there that I was listening to on the way over here. That I really like. Well, it's on the list. No, it's not there, on the there's list. There's the list right here. There, there's the list right there. No, the song that I like is not on the list. Well, don't insult the man for God's sake. None that I like it's on that list. I'm hey. just saying. Thank you, baby. That's what's on the list. It's Laying Low. Laying Low is the song that I liked, that I heard on the way over here. We were in the middle of trying to do that one this afternoon on the patio, and my amplifier shorted out. <laughs> Oops. Try it again. What's, try what's it again. the background on that song? That is actually one of the songs, one of the two songs that I rewrote. Lord of the Fleas is one that I, that I took the, the artistic license, I like to call it. Uh-huh. I had to wait 17 years, so I get to do with it what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. So, uh, Laying Low 
was just an overly personal heartbreak song and uh, yeah and so it tra- I, I wanted to transform it into something that related to how I, I was feeling and how the world has evolved into in our present moment and you know my I never had children but my sister had two of them and they're becoming young you know wonderful one young adults mm-hmm. with expanding consciousness suddenly on seeing for the first time like what this world is really where we are mm-hmm. and I, I remember being that age and being very just like vulnerable but you know you're, you're so loaded with so many different hormones and emotions at, at, when you're right. a teenager you know I was like angry that the world was like this I was sad and all these different emotions mixed in together I try to imagine what you know now, now, now and I came and I was born I was a child in the 70s, you know, where when there was there was still like the future looked bright and and there was a lot of hope and 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 things, you know. I mean, I know it wasn't that were that way for everybody in the 70s, but it was for me. And uh, you know, so when I look at what the world must look like to young people today, where the adults have really generationally have failed to address some of the major problems that are like you know, undermining our, our, our future as a civilization and our, you know, the fabric, you know, unraveling the fabric of our mm-hmm. society, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel a deep empathy for them because I remember feeling that way when I was, you know, uh, a similar age. And things have only gotten worse and more complicated since then. So, in this current era, you know, a lot of the young kids just don't want to hear about it. It's just like, it's so overwhelming. They don't want to hear about it climate change and I'm, I'm not down on them for that you know i understand about escaping the, the horrifying realities that we face but at the end of the day they are also the, the young people i'm referring to they are also the, the hope that we have as a collectivist society that we might be able to move the ball forward and, and, and address some of these challenges that we face so this tune i guess i could say that i wrote it for my niece and my nephew but it's really to all the young people uh, I feel them. I feel their uh, their pain, and I share it. And I think that it's 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 important for people to stay engaged in what's happening in the world, no matter how difficult it is. So this is called laying low. Come on, baby, don't turn your face away. Fly above the smoke 
but letting things slide running back home for a place to hide I need you by Assuming that you write a lot, I go through phases. I go through phases where I, 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 it wakes me up at night. Yeah, and then I, uh, you know, and then I get into some confusing stretch in my life, and it doesn't come so easy. But you know, uh, it, it's what it's a way. It's hard for me to summarize my process in a nutshell, but it's a way of processing my experiences when I come to emotionally complex situations in my life. Is that do, what you're, is do, that, the, do the words come, or does the music come first? How's some, that work? Sometimes it's just like a, a few words and a, and, and a tiny little piece of a melody, and, and the rest of, you know, the rest of the song is just it's like, it's like a, it's like a a, a, a thought. If you had a, a a buried treasure in the corner of the the treasure chest was sticking out through the sand, and you start 
you know, spending a little time with the song and pulling, pushing the sand back, and more of it comes into view, you know, and eventually you have a little treasure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's it's a process that is cathartic in, in in the way that you know it's how I, it's how I cope with complex issues in my life. I've always digested those 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 moments in life through I get it. through songwriting. I totally get it. You know? Yeah. You know, it's a way of getting painful experiences behind you. It's a, it's a way of celebrating and, and acknowledging love and and, and positive positivity and, and and so you're writing you're writing from your experiences then almost almost exclusively is what it sounds like for the most for the most part I mean I have a few storytelling songs you know uh, you know in in past records where I, I tell a narrative you know a story in, in the tradition of some of the balladeers uh, you know it's not the checklist stuff that usually comes out of Nashville. You, you know, that's always a running gag with with the with the musicians. You know, I, I'm 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 conscious of this rivalry between Nashville and Memphis, and as a Canadian, <laughs> I feel like I just like wandered into a bar fight. You know, I know, right? no, it's, I not, know. it's not that bad. No. But uh, but those bastards in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I find it I find it really interesting and intriguing that Nashville and Memphis have this rivalry because all over the rest of the world they're both viewed in the, in, in at, at the same in the same regard of, of being like deep musical heritage that goes back to the very beginning of uh, our culture in Nashville and, and Memphis you know the music and, and and compared to like and I don't want to you know nothing against you know uh, Madison, Wisconsin, or, or, or Seattle, Washington, you know, those towns have great musical cultures. Yes, they do. Uh, but I think that, you know, Memphis's identity as a city is sort of intertwined with its musical culture in a, in a right. way mm. that a lot of cities aren't. And Nashville is that way, too. And they share this. So it's, as a Canadian, you know, it's, it's taken me a minute to, like, under, fully understand what, what it's all about. And I know that I, I, the music business it's a friendly, itself... It's a friendly thing, but I think a lot of people in Nashville would... And it's a joke, but they'd like to consider Memphis as being more Mississippi than Tennessee. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we're actually well, North well, Mississippi, I mean, I you know. Think, I think, but I'm okay with I that. I think you know? maybe some people think, like, Nashville is a little bit more plastic, as is Austin. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth, because that's what's happened to Austin. Austin used to be a really cool, hip town. And now it's just as plastic and weird. And I mean, it, it's happening everywhere. You know, we're really struggling in in Nashville to. Uh, to I hope it doesn't uh, happen roll here. With the changes that are happening in our city, you know, yeah. there's a lot of our, our our peers who have started who started businesses there. That, you know, can't afford to hang on, and, and the price, the value of real estate is going up, and and thousands of people are moving there every week, and they're throwing up. You know, they're tearing down single single family dwellings and replacing them with tall skinnies for eight. You know, family units in the same yeah, space. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing And you know, thing here. we got people like Amazon coming there to build uh -huh. a new facility, and they're not. Instead of contributing to our, our our infrastructure, which is all stretched to its limit, they get you know they get given a you know twenty million dollar incentive to come there. And, yep. And it's yep. just you know they they did they don't. They sell their soul over they this whole thing. They don't particularly contribute where they're going to be bringing employees in and all these things to put a further strain on our system. It seems 
reasonable to me as a citizen that these big corporations don't need to have 20 million dollars in incentive to come to our community and then and contribute nothing they don't need that if they want to come to the community they ought to contribute you know to the community in I some agree. form sure. or fashion and help with the sewerage systems and the delivery of electricity Listen, well, we're and given jobs and you know we're given like 5,000 jobs like well that's not enough dude you know yeah, well, those are those are jobs that a lot, a lot of people. I mean, there's some they'll employ local people for sure, but they're also going to be bringing people in from out of town and further straining our infrastructure because our city is going through growing pains. You know, like oh, yeah. we got stretch marks left, right, and center over there. You know, oh, I mean, sure. it's like it's growing faster than then our, our, our city really knows how to cope with it. Uh, mm. But it, yeah. you know, it's not just Nashville. It's it's happening everywhere. And, you know, before too long, when all of us musicians get priced out of Nashville, we're coming here. So, you know, like... Well, come on. There's plenty of, <laughs> that's a recording studio right there. So, you know, you're more than welcome to come I don't want music. any kind of natural disaster to happen, but that would be kind of cool. What, Memphis falling no, off into the river? for those musicians to come here. Oh, well, they're already moving here. There's a, there's a lot of folk that are moving here. That's why there's so many apartments that have come cool. up around here. Yeah. I think that it, the, the musicians of Nashville would 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 be happy to know that they are welcome down here. Ronnie, Absolutely, Ronnie, here bring with... your little gun and all your tools, and <laughs> you can fix all the amplifiers in here. <laughs> Get him a job over at Halford Speakers before it's all said and done with. Yeah, we we've got some electrical work that needs to be done in here. So, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know he's union certified, but. Well, I tell you, there is there is a shortage. Of blind eye, There's a shortage of bass players and drummers in this town. So, uh, yeah. definite shortage of bass players for We're sure. We're also a great rhythm section. Ooh, this thing is hot. It is yeah. electrified. It's buzzing, isn't it? Touch me. He, he shocked himself. <laughs> Touch me. Uh, does that? How about some more music, there, Mike? Okay. Um, Say what? Soul searching. You want? You want your? Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah, we haven't played it yet. You didn't play that one, did you? I don't believe so. No. You didn't play that from the record, though. I mean, I don't believe so. I might have. I don't know, but it's always different when. But it's better live anyway. It's been fun. We've been having fun with this song. This is also off the new one, Brand New Top Down. That's pretty in tune. Close enough for radio? <laughs> We're not picky, dude. Uh, I'm in tune in here. Uh, get, get that tuner out. I'll even tune mine to be cool. You're fine. You're already in tune. It, when you bought that bass, it was already in tune, Robbie. Come on. I mean, this thing's got a plywood neck. Let me tell you, we can drag this behind the van. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. We're going right in, Ronnie. I'm right. I'm there. Get after it. Stop. 
That's, we were feeling the pressure of the radio audience out there. Oh, uh, you know, they're they're easy to please. But boy, when they turn on you though. <laughs> the switchboard lights up. Yeah. Not really. They just move <laughs> they can just move on. You can hear the mice clicking though from here. It's it's no, it's a trip. Uh I got time for uh for one more this the this be the uh, barn burner, the grand man. This, finale? this is where we're like throwing midgets and setting shit on fire. I mean this is <laughs> Well, that while you're tuning that, uh, invite you folks to uh, check out the new record, "Burning uh, the Big Top Down" from Mike Younger. It's yep. available where you get your music and uh, and uh, get on online uh, mikeyounger.com, and you can get it there as well. And uh, be on the lookout for when these guys show up to your town because you will want to attend that show. Go to YouTube okay. and, and please check out the video for "Lord of the Fleas." It is so freaking cool. You will love it. Um, Cindy made a request, but I think unless you're going to play it now, I'm going to I'm going to pop it in later. But uh, she was wanting to hear Desdemona, but I think we'll I don't know what, what are you doing. We're gonna Eagles. You, I know you're going to do you Eagles what, for that if, chick at Hernandez. We can honor her request by playing that track <laughs> off the record. We um, will do that. We'll do that, Cindy. Just stick around. We'll be playing Desdemona a little bit later on. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take you back to uh, an earlier record of mine called. Uh, Every stone you throw, and and, and and play one of those songs. Uh, we've been really enjoying playing this song. It's called "Make You Mine." All right, on. And it goes like this here: a one, two, a one, two, three.
keep in mind not to let you under my skin I hear a melody when you are next to me And I think I can hear it again There you go You make me feel so fine And you know I'm gonna make you mine I like the way you drive I understand how you thrive Upon the motion and speed next to me I'll be your ecstasy satisfaction guarantee there you go you make me feel so fine and you know I'm gonna make you mine pretty lady don't you understand you know I'm really just a natural man I might be your fool, but I mean no harm There's really nothing I'd love better than To come on over there, take you by the hand And give you a squeeze with these weary arms Yeah, yeah, yeah Babe, I'm gonna make you mine Mike Hunger, ladies and gentlemen. Mike, thank you so very much. Thank you, Rick. Thanks to, thanks to these guys here, man. Don't lose this and rhythm Natalie, section. Mark and Jen, thank you, thank you, thank you for having us. We are so oh thrilled gosh. to be here. I couldn't be more thrilled to have you guys in the show. Absolutely. Please come so back much. anytime. Anytime you're passing through Memphis, right. please come back. Keep that in mind. Are you, are you headed back tonight? You headed, we are headed back tonight. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll just get you guys on the road, so, you know. We'll so you're be not, back before too long. Absolutely, yeah. We'd love to have you back anytime. Come into the studio. This this room Let is yours. People know that uh, one more time, if I if I could, yeah. uh, that my new record, uh, produced here in Memphis by Jim Dickinson, is available on my website mikeyounger.com. There's a store page there, and you can purchase it as an electronic file, or you can purchase it as a CD. 
and we will have vinyl uh, available in February. Awesome. So stay in touch, and I look forward to coming to your town. Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much. Guys, be safe on the road. You know, getting home. I know it's been a big day for you. We appreciate you having uh, having the time to come out for us. Yeah, be safe going home. The proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com.